This episode of the Out of Bounds Podcast is sponsored by Fisher Skis, and you can visit them at www.fishersports.com. Hello, hello, hello. My name is Adam, and this is the Out of Bounds Podcast, and today we have Tristan Brown, a.k.a. Teton Brown, on the Instagram, on the podcast. Dude is awesome, and his new film, Hyper Focus, is available now to go watch. It's on tour. It'll be online very, very soon, if not as of today. So go check that thing out. Psyched to have him on the show. Really good conversation. Very interesting conversation. We got some very key similarities that I was not expecting to have, especially in the ADHD department. So uh, I hope you enjoy it. I know I did. Before we jump into the show, a couple quick things. The gear guide is available and ready to ship. So go to outofcollective.com. Get yourself a new gear guide. We'll talk about all the best gear that is out right now. Also, be sure to go ski Aspen Snowmass this year. Snowmass is the second largest ski area in Colorado with an average of only two skiers per acre. Basically, you have the mountain to yourself. The place is wide open, some of the best terrain in the entire world, so go ski it. It's only 15 minutes from the Aspen Airport with direct flights to most major U.S. hubs. Um, Snowmass Lift Ticket also provides access to Aspen Mountain, Highlands, and Buttermilk. So go check it out. Go to gosnowmass.com to discover all of the possibilities. Also, be sure to go to memu.com. Memu is a wonderful partner of the podcast, if you didn't know this already. Um, they have been a partner for quite a while, one of our earliest partners. And they've got a really good deal for you online. So if you're looking to get a deal, if you're looking to upgrade your gear, Memu is going to give you 20% off on your kit. Use the code OOB20 to get 20% off on your kit. Now, get prepared for ski season. Mammut.com. Whether you need a safety kit, they make like these full-on safety kits with an Abbey shovel, probe, um, and transceiver. You can get the berry box, which as I've said before, is the gold standard. So once again, Mammut.com. Use code OOB20 to get yourself 20% off before you head into the season, including on 2024 product. So go do that now. And without further ado, here's my friend and yours, Tristan Brown. Tristan, tell people who you are, a little bit about yourself, and then we can take it from there. Cool. Um, I'm Tristan Brown. Um, most people know me as Teton. I'm originally from uh, Seattle. Well, I was born in Germany, but only for the first two years of my life uh, to American <laughs> parents. And then we, uh, everyone thinks that my dad was in the army, but um, he was just working for Microsoft over there. We moved <laughs> back to uh, we moved back to Seattle when I was like two. Okay. Um, and then I learned how to ski at Stevens Pass. Um, started racing when I was like five. Um, my mom's side of the family is just like obsessed with skiing. It all started with my grandma. Um, so we were going up to the mountain, like, um, every weekend. And then as I started racing more, it got to the point where it was like, my coaches were like, Hey, you need to come up on like Fridays and Wednesdays. Mm. And it's like, you know, with traffic, like two hours plus from Seattle, um, and so we like made the decision to move to Sun Valley when I was 10 years old, which I was super psyched on at the time and still a great move in hindsight. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I did middle school and high school in Sun Valley and raced for the Sun Valley Ski Education Foundation. Okay. Um, yeah. And then like, you know, I was kind of planning on racing in college, but I was starting to get burnt out. Um, and then when I got off, I went to see you Boulder. Mm-hmm. Um, when I got there, I was like totally over racing and, um, decided to quit. I was going to race for the school, decided to quit. And then I lost my scholarship. And so my mom's like, okay, well, if you know, you're going to have to pay for school. So you should take a year off and get residency for in-state tuition, um, which was totally the move. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I took a year off from like competing in any sort of skiing. And then I discovered big mountain competitions, um, started doing those and like fell in love with that, like right away. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did those like all through college and then the obvious move was to like, to improve at that, um, was to, pro- to like, to come to Jackson. So yeah. I'm just like, like yeah, you, <laughs> it's you funny that to- that's obvious to you. I don't know if that's obvious to everyone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, like there's other places to go for sure, but like, yeah it's kind of the Mecca in the lower 48. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. And so I think I like, I had heard that from people and I was like, yeah, you know, whatever, Jackson, what's the big whoop. And then <laughs> uh, we had like a competition down in Taos and they canceled it because there was not enough snow. But during that same period of time, Jackson was getting this huge storm. So me and some friends came up here and, um, it ended up snowing like a foot a day for like five days. It was unreal. And like, yeah, the first day was like was bluebird pow. And I like ran into a friend of mine on the tram and he like took me out to ski my first runs through the side country there. And immediately I was like, I'm moving here. Like, this is incredible. <laughs> and uh, so I like, I joked that, um, you know, because it was right after college, my time here in Jackson is like, getting a graduate degree in big mountain skiing because hmm. I'm not using my undergrad degree at all. But. <laughs> That's all right. I mean, l- tell me a little bit about what living in Jackson is like, like what that experience has kind of felt like. I think Jackson's one of those places that people have a very strong opinion about if they don't live there. And they also have a very strong opinion about it if they live there, but they're very different oftentimes. Yeah, I mean, there's... <sighs> I think um, he, I, Jackson kind of has a reputation for being a little harsh on um, tourists. For sure. And like, yeah. Um, and I think, you know, that's true. I try not to be that way. It, it definitely gets frustrating when you're, you come accustomed to like having all these luxuries, like yeah. going to see <laughs> this great terrain and like not having to wait in lines. And then all of a sudden it gets to the busy time of year and you know it's a five box wait for the tram yeah and so you know people get ticked and i i understand that but um i try not to get lost in that yeah um and so it's it's kind of like a thing where people like they move here and there's um a a period where you get like acclimated or or accepted into the yeah Uh, that's what it seems like like. it seems like you got to go through like a boot camp almost before the town of jackson actually accepts you right right and then there's the ongoing joke that like you know i've been living here 
eight years now, but I'm not quite a local yet. You know, yeah. You do a full decade. <laughs> I love that. Um, yeah. Talk to me about what the progression has been like for you as a professional skier. Like where, was there a point when you were like, okay, this is actually my job now. Like, this is actually what I do on a regular basis. This is how I can start to manage this as a, like a real career going forward. Yeah, that's interesting because I've always kind of struggled with that. Um, and I, I always had this like ide ideology of like skiing should be a passion thing. Mm -hmm. Like I, like I always admired like the, these pro skiers that like that is all they did mm -hmm. and get paid to go around the country. But there was always a part of me that was like, that takes like the joy away from it. I agree. You know, like, yeah. yeah, you know, like, like going out to shoot photos all day on like a bluebird powder day is like, kind of like tears out your soul a little it's not bit. Not why you, you know? do it. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, oh, why am I doing this? Like, I should be just out having fun. Like, this is the reason I got into the sport. But, um, you know, with that being said, it, it could take you to some amazing places mm -hmm. and um, you get, you just have more free time to do what you love to do all the time if you're getting paid to do it. So uh, I think like I had a little bit of like a shift in my thought process around it last year, actually, where I was just like, I, I have a side business, like I do mm -hmm. um, photography and, um, and I'm able to kind of like juggle them a little bit, mm -hmm. but um, I, I think before last season started, I was like, okay, like I'm, I'm either going to have to like switch. I'm, I'm like, I'm going to have to give a lot more to my photography job. Mm -hmm. um, and then it's going to slowly start. Like I'm going to have less, less time for skiing unless I can like make something happen this season and like, um, produce something that'll get me more money so that I can justify, um, juggling two things. Right. Right. Um, and letting, you know, I, I, I don't want to like sacrifice either. The goal is to like have them be work together, but, uh, it's not easy. So anyways, um, the beginning of the season, I kind of like had that realization and I just went super hard into the skiing. Mm -hmm. Um, and it worked out and I kind of like, I learned a lot about how I can, um, make them both work and, and, and I gained like a new respect for, um, having skiing as a job and not, and not letting that take away from my passion for the sport. Hmm. What, what did you change? Like what, what actually happened? Right. I think it's one thing to kind of put that pressure on yourself and be like, this is the year I kind of either have to make it or slow it down and like kind of tune it back a little mm -hmm. bit. What did you actually like practically change? Um, I, a lot of it was just kind of like organization, like time management, mm -hmm. um, just being like, okay, these are the things that I need to get done. Like I need to go out and film these clips. I need to get some photos for this sponsor. Um, I have this much time to do it. And then recognizing like, yo, today, like I need to just have a soul shred day. 
mm-hmm. and making sure like you know even even if it's a couple laps at the end of the day or something like making sure i have those times where i can meet up with my boys and like take some laps and um just just have fun and, and like remind yourself what it's all about and in between the work parts of it because the work is still fun yeah uh, but you know it's 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 not quite the level of like bliss that you get from just like soul shredding mm-hmm. no for sure it's it's a different thing entirely it's I, I talk to people about this a lot it's like you turn it into whenever you turn anything into a job from just being a passion project it comes mm-hmm. with a certain amount of stress and attachment that you weren't really it becomes a responsibility just as much as it becomes a hobby and it doesn't mean it's not fun it just means that there's a lot of parts that kind of suck ass now that didn't before right they're just new things that like you have to be involved with and one of the things i can imagine is the most at least as a media company it's like for us one of the most frustrating things sometimes is dealing with sponsors right like figuring out how much am i worth am i worth this I think this is what it should be. I think this is what the relationship should be and trying to align that with sponsors. So I wonder what that's like in your eyes and trying to manage the sponsor relationship on a regular basis, because it's for people that are unaware, I guess it's a lot of communication pretty often trying to figure out what the needs and wants are and trying to figure out a way to have a a successful long-term relationship with both parties. Totally. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, I mean, it's tricky in the ski industry right now too, right? Because there's not um, a ton of budget available. No. Um, so, right. <laughs> not at so all. So it's like, yeah. you know, like for everything that like pro skiers have to put in the sport, like there's not, you know, you're not getting the amount back that you're putting in essentially yeah. pretty much unless you're like at the top um, level. So it's, it's, it's a little bit of a battle, just like trying to figure that out and figure out what um, companies are able to, um, what they have available for you. And then, you know, kind of bargaining and then figuring out like, okay, like what can I, how can I be the athlete that they need, but also just like have the time, like, just give the time that I have available to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's it's a bit of a struggle. For sure. Thoughts on like, uh, you're starting to see a lot of people and a couple people actually that we work with really closely go a different direction with their ski seasons, right? Like a few of them are going and they're getting a filmer. They're having their sponsors pay for a dedicated filmer so that they can create content for themselves all winter long, as opposed to the traditional route, which I guess is like trying to get into a ski ski film or doing a movie yourself or any of those things. Right. I think mm-hmm. some of these people are starting to gear their strategies as athletes to creating more social content on a regular basis that makes the viewer, the listener, the whatever, feel more attached to them as a person and as a skier. Mm-hmm. And I think the way that social has been is you, you have that opportunity what what are your thoughts on like kind of transitioning towards something more like that in terms of the professional skier landscape? Sure, I mean, and that's certainly the route that I'm going with. Yeah, um, I, I'm I'm starting a web series this year. Um, it'll be on my own YouTube channel, um, 
and then also just like putting a ton of content out on socials. Um, and I think it's a great way to do it. It's really nice because you have a lot of control on like where you're filming, when you're filming, who you're filming with, um, you kind of like are directing it and like can push it in a certain way that, um, is exactly what you're interested in. Whereas if you're going for, um, you know, a feature length film with like TGR or matchstick or something, um, they're like, Hey, like we're filming the segment, like come and be a part of it or whatever. Right. Um, so, you know, and, and that's great and it's super cool and it will always be cool. But um, there's something super special about like taking taking the reins yourself. Mm -hmm. you know? And um, like you said, like um, it allows you like with really building up your brand with socials, it allows you to connect more um, closely with each individual. Yeah. Who's in, into what you're doing, which I think is awesome. Yeah, that was going to be the next thing I asked was like, do you actually like having like people having access to you in that way so much? Because I, I think there's a lot of pro skiers that are like, dude, this is the worst part about the whole thing is that people <laughs> can talk at me all day. Like it's it's yeah. so overwhelming. It's too much. And like sometimes even like when I pick up my phone, and I look at our notifications. I'm like, what the fuck, dude? Like, but on other days, you're like, this is the best thing ever, right? Like people yeah. want to engage with you. You feel like you're like, you're doing something that's getting a reaction from people in a positive way. And then other days you're like, oh, this dude just told me I sound like an idiot. And I'm like, oh, great. Like now <laughs> this is all I'm going to think about for five days. Like, so yeah. just, I don't know. I'm just trying to figure out how people feel about it. Um, I don't mind it at all. I like, you know, I'm, I'm sure there'll be days where I don't feel like responding or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, maybe I'm busy or maybe I'm just like not in the mood. Um, so I'll just, you know, I, I'll let messages go for like DMs or whatever for a few days or something. But I try to respond to everyone um, and, and, and I get a kick out of it. And it's, it's interesting to hear like people's thoughts and stuff like that. And it honestly helps me um, like as a content creator, like if someone tells me they're super into something that I've produced, mm -hmm. uh, then it like, it's a good idea to keep trying to do that. Or like um, maybe they have some sort of idea for me and can, and it'll help me like go in a certain direction with something. Um, but it's like, it's really cool connecting with people and, and I enjoy it. Um, it's funny. A, a brand hit me up recently and they were like, I forget what it's called, but they, they're trying to get, um like content creators skier like athletes and influencers or whatever to um monetize their interactions mm -hmm. with people um and i that was like a hard no for me i was like what like feels dirty know. yeah exactly yeah mm -hmm. i i can't see myself doing that i would much rather just like have open conversations with people and um you know if if it's like the subscriber thing on Instagram. You know, a lot of people have a problem with that. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I don't as much, I think like, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to make money. Like it, you're not making a ton 100%. of money, and, you know? And so like, if people are willing to get a, like a more in-depth view of your life and they want to subscribe, then great. Um, I'm not currently doing that yet, but like, I don't know who knows what the future holds. I would maybe 
maybe do it if people were interested in it. And I would totally like understand, like if people have no desire to like subscribe and pay money, then don't. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's a weird thing. I think to me and the way that I've initially, I was like, this is fucking weird. I don't like it. Like this is only fans for Instagram. And I'm like, I'm, I'm yeah. tapped on this stuff right now. Like it's just, there's too many people asking for money right now. However, mm. I think there is a way to do it. And this is kind of how I've been thinking about it the last six months or so is there's people like, I don't know, Mark Smiley, for example, that sell their courses online and you can get actual information that's more in depth than just a quick clip on Instagram. That's, you know, more focused, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I think that has value as far as like a subscriber platform goes. I think that like offering something slightly different, even if it's like, you know, you sit down and you talk about your gear for 15 minutes, like genuinely right. and be like, this actually is not that cool. This is actually really cool. And this is why I ski this size, whatever, that kind of thing, I think yeah, has a lot of value. Cool. Yeah. I yeah. think, yeah. I think that helps someone to the point, but if it's just going to be like, a POV line for, you know, like that's five minutes long instead of 30 seconds long. I'm not super interested in seeing that. You know what I mean? I I just don't, I don't know if I get it, but maybe people like it. I have no idea. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I agree. Um, I think it's all about creating value and that's like, you know, that makes it like a job. You got to put some like effort and work in, you know, so like you deserve to get paid for that. A hundred percent. Yeah. And I, I don't want to ever shit on anybody for like how they want to make money in the ski industry. Cause like we said, it's, it's difficult like to make money. So if you can make money doing BOV clips, cool. You know, like I'm not mad at you. I just don't like, right. it's not something that I would ever think that we would put out to make money. It just doesn't, I don't see the value as much in something like that versus mm-hmm. the other thing, but it it's weird because professional skiing and skiing in general is this space where like most athletes in the world will make their money doing the competitive aspect of it, right? Like doing the, you know, being on the NBA court for 82 games plus playoffs a year, right? Like that kind of thing is how other athletes make money in skiing. It's so heavily sponsor based and like mm-hmm. how you get paid is so heavily sponsor based that it becomes this, like, it, it's weird. It's like, you almost have to like chase your dollar value all the time as opposed to like knowing, okay, worst case I show, even if I don't get a single sponsor, I show up, I do the job and I get paid. Right. It just, yeah. I, I know it, it makes it like you, you can be a little uneasy, you know, mm-hmm. like I know a number of people that got dropped by sponsors in the off season this last year. Like that's, yeah. it doesn't, you know, it doesn't make you feel great. You're kind of like on pins and needles a little bit. Like, all right, I got to make sure, like if you get injured, like you could, you know, you kind of screwed the next year. Yeah. It's tough. But speaking of working with sponsors and I guess things going well, um, working with Zag now, what, what has that been like? What, why did you make that decision? Why did you feel like it was the right decision? Yeah. Um, so yeah, super psyched with the partnership with Zag. We, uh, we just announced it this morning, actually. Mm uh signed a two-year deal with them sick they contacted me last season like right around like the the last third of the season i guess Mm -hmm. um and i actually hadn't skied on their skis yet but i'd like heard about them i i recognized that they were kind of trying to break into the u.s market Mm -hmm. um 
but I assumed that they were like a brand new company. Um, so I did a little research into them and they've been making skis for 20 years. Um, and they're like based right. Like they have their, um, shop, like right at the base of Chamonix. Mm-hmm. And, um, so they're able to like, um, you know, create prototypes and then just walk out the door and go test them and then come back and make tweaks and go back out. So I thought that was pretty cool. And like, um, you know, Chamonix is obviously just like epic, big mountain skiing, world renowned in that respect. Um, and that's kind of my, uh, favorite style of skiing, obviously. So, um, that kind of hooked me in and, um, then I chatted with the guys and they were all super cool. Um, they sent me out a few pairs of skis to try and, um, initially I was like, you know, it's a, a little bit of a shock, like trying a new pair of skis and, and having it be a, like slightly different than, than what you're accustomed to. Um, and so I was like, Whoa, like, I don't know, like, this is a little different. And then I like spent a whole day on them and I was like, wow, these are fun. Like, this is going to open up like, um, you know, like some different styles of skiing that I can get into that I'm psyched about. Mm. So, um, you know, cause I came from a racer background. I'm like used to just like fucking old skis, you know, that you can't butter and stuff. Like I can butter a little bit, but I just don't very often because I had such stiff skis. These, these are like, they have good flex. Like they're, um, they're like less stiff, but they like, they're, they rebound nicely. So it's like, um, kind of great for like getting pop and, mm. and like doing a situation like that. But what are you on the slap? Yeah. So yeah, the slap is like mostly what I'll be skiing. Um, like the 112 will probably be like my daily driver for almost everything. You know, it's like, it's like wide enough to be like, um, up to like a foot of new of fresh now, I would say mm-hmm. maybe more like I'm wide enough to like bump big cliffs. Yeah. It's just yeah. funny because like, I don't know, I've been in this industry since I was like fucking three. Right. And like be no matter how many times I hear someone say that I'm like in new England, a one twelve is like the deepest pow day of your entire <laughs> life. Like that is like, yeah. so like a foot of snow to five feet of snow. It's like you're on a one twelve. It's just how things are like, it is an yeah. unheard of size to be selling in new England. So it's just, I, I just laugh. Like it's just part of it, but it yeah. just indicates like the type of, year every single year that jackson ends up having yeah i mean like not every year but okay um sorry do, you guys get one well. fucking bad year every 20 years too. okay yeah. cool my, the my nice thing, yeah the nice thing about here is like yeah i mean if even if it hasn't snowed for a couple of weeks like i can get on the snowmobile and like go find some north facing slope and the snow will probably still be good um in which case I would still be able to use the, that ski. Um, but yeah, like, uh, like one Oh four, if it has, if I'm skiing in bounds, it hasn't snowed in a while. Um, and then I would have like a, you know, a, a 98 or for like skiing park or just ripping groomers. Mm-hmm. Sick. Um, but yeah, those are on the slap line. Yeah. I like the U back too, like nice lightweight mm-hmm. touring ski. Happy with the decision overall. Totally. Good. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Good to hear. Yeah. They're like super into environmental sustainability as well, which is mm-hmm. kind of like a passion of mine as well. So like 
we're really aligned and, and uh, I think it's going to be a good partnership. Yeah. Um, and they're making candied skis. So, I mean, it tells you something about quality, I guess, too. Yeah. Um, let me ask you about Hyperfocus. What, what kind of went into that film project? What, what did that look like? I guess, as you were putting it together, how did you figure out the name? Like, I I guess I want to know how this all came together a little bit. Sure. Totally. Um, it started as a concept, like around this time last year, uh, it was like starting to get cold in Jackson, you know, every skier knows that feeling where you're just Mm -hmm. like starting to get really excited for the season and you're thinking about everything that you want to do. Um, so I like started creating this hit list of everything that I wanted to ski for the season. And it was like a lot of the stuff that I had already skied in Jackson, like after living, like skiing at the resort for um like six years Mm -hmm. um and then there was like some new lines that i hadn't hit yet but i was like i want to like ski these fast and smooth and like um just like improve on them and then try to do them in a way that i've never seen them done before Mm -hmm. um and then film it all and um make a project out of it and try to produce like a short film that i could be proud of um but I was like, you know, I was kind of like super green at this. Uh, I didn't have a lot of practice. I, yeah, I, ha- I, you know, I knew a fair amount of filmers in town, but I hadn't like built like a strong professional relationship um, with anyone. Like I haven't worked on a big project with anyone. So I was like kind of trying to figure out who to work with. Um, and then it was like, mid-December and I was going to ski Cody Peak for the first time of the season. Um, and I ran into this kid, um, Hayden, who, uh, is now a good friend of mine and he just had his drone up there and he was like a friend of a friend. And I ended up skiing, uh, opening up pucker face for, um, yeah. First line of on Cody for the season. And he filmed it on his drone and we made uh, like an Instagram reel out of it and it got 2 million views and we were like, yo, we should like work together more. And so like from <laughs> then on for like the next two, three months, we just filmed like nearly every day. That's awesome. Um, yeah. And it was like all about just stacking clips and like the whole time I was like, oh, like I need a concept like for the film, like. Yeah, like, yeah, I have this, like, idea of, like, going off and, like, checking off lines from the hit list, but, like, that's been done before, like, blah, 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 and all that stuff. Um, And then, like, towards the end of the season, I had quit drinking before the ski season. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, I, there were some things, like, going on, like, I'd been through a breakup, and I just, like, was kind of like, oh, I just need to take a break to get, like, my mind right and then i like was noticing how dialed i was with like my organization and just like my um like focusing on my passion and stuff like that where i was like okay i'm just gonna keep this going throughout the ski season um so like as the season progressed that became clear like that that was the storyline um i was just like shedding my pat my uh, distractions and like focusing um on my passion um, so like that kind of became the storyline for the film and like hyper focus was like, um, essentially what I was doing, like coming from someone 
I don't know if you have ADHD, but like, dude, uh, <laughs> <laughs> my girlfriend listens to this. She's going to be like pulling her hair out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's been something I've been like struggling with my whole life. So, yeah. uh, I, I always kind of like was interested in the dichotomy of like being like super distracted and disorganized, like, um, the classic symptoms of ADHD, but then like on the other side of it, you have moments where you're just like excited about something and you can like hyper-focus, mm-hmm. um, for, for periods of time on something that you really are like, like. Um, and so that has always been like, you know, I've always felt that, um, maybe if it, if it's like something you're working on that you're stoked on or, but like with skiing where like, if I'm at the top of a line, like in a no fall zone, like I always have a million thoughts running through my head, but like, if I'm in that moment, like everything else fades away and it's just like, you're so honed in and it's like such a beautiful thing. And so like kind of the concept with the film was like when I was able to like get rid of all these other distractions in my life, I was able to like channel those like brief periods where you're like hyper-focused on something you're really interested in and just maximize that for my entire ski season, Hmm. which is essentially what I was trying to do. But um, to get back to how like the season went with the filming, um, I like did the first two thirds of the season with my buddy Hayden Lynch. He uh, ended up having to like leave to go work on another project. And then I was kind of just like juggling random cinematographers in Jackson. Um, And uh, you know, that's the great thing about like being here is there's, there's a ton of people. Yeah. There's always somebody around. Yeah. That are available to work on stuff. And um, Yeah. I, I did some great stuff with like a number of homies and then um, the season was over and it was just like, okay, like I got to get someone to edit it. And I had my buddy uh, Morgan Shields um, edit it and he did a killer job. And we just like filmed a bunch of B-roll kind of like in the fall, like summer, fall, just to like um, augment the film. And mm-hmm. I think it came together really nicely. That's awesome. Yeah, no, I'm psyched on it. I think, I think people will be psyched on it. I'm excited. People can actually see it in person in real life at these showings too. Like, I think that's a huge component that I hope never really gets lost. It's, it's funny you talk about like the hyper focus part of it. And I think like that in ADHD is such an interesting concept because they go so against each other. Like the idea Mm -hmm. that someone can focus so much on something singular that can't focus on anything in a regular day setting and like just is trying to figure out a way to manage their own anxiety about the fact that they can't focus on anything but also just like letting their brain run rampant and also and then all of a sudden just be able to totally focus on a thing because you want to i was having this conversation literally like two days ago with someone and they're talking about the fact that like they wish that I could just turn it on, like turn that hyper-focus part on because it does exist in a lot of people that have ADHD, especially severe ADHD. Mm. You, you can't really choose it. It's just like you feel passionate about it. Nobody can tell you any different. And like, that's what it's going to be. And it almost comes across as like being stubborn, but it's not that it's like something entirely different. And I still haven't really found the words to explain it, but I think you said it 
pretty well where it's like things just kind of fade away for a minute and it's not that nothing else is important it's just nothing else really feels that important in that second oh totally it's and it could be funny too like when you're like when you have something you really need to be working on oh yeah you can like start working on it but then you'll like get passionate about something else yeah and so you go down this rabbit hole of like being really passionate about something that like doesn't matter at all yeah but you're like hyper focused on that yeah and it's like how did you just write 12 pages on nothing when you were supposed to write one page on a fucking gear review that you were supposed to do it's like i do this all all the time i go back and forth with this yeah it's it's hilarious um well i'm psyched that people are going to be able to see this in person where where is it going to be shown throughout the rest of this fall um so we're there's just two main premieres but we did the jackson one um we've got one in ketchum coming up on friday Mm -hmm. uh along with brapski it'll be opening for brapski and i think there might be a couple other short films i can't remember which ones right now okay um but yeah that'll be a blast um there's two showings um and then uh we're trying to get into Wasatch Film Fest. I think that'll likely happen, but that's not until the spring. And then um, Mountain Film Fest in Telluride. Okay. So those will be the next places. And then uh, I'll just I'll release it online um, probably like in a uh, a week maybe. That soon, so, huh? Yeah. Fuck um, yeah. Yeah, I, I uh, I'm trying to like use it to reach out to some potential sponsors and see yeah that's a good um, move it's a lot easier for yeah. people to give you money if they already see a product yeah like, totally it, i'm, I'm kind of like the idea is just like it, it'll be somewhat of a pilot for like my web series yeah yeah no i like that a lot mm-hmm. um i gotta tell you too mustache you look like two totally different people like it's <laughs> i've never seen someone that looks so different clean shaven yeah. and with a mustache like it's yeah it's very bizarre i was like doing some googling earlier and i'm like looking at the side by like the go- first two google pictures that show up are one with a mustache and then one without and i'm like what the fuck is going on like this is crazy i know it's it's funny i've i've had some people like like double take at me when i first first <laughs> Like, I don't know you. And I also look like like probably 10 years older with the mustache. I have like kind of a baby face. So. I feel like you also look like five people that I know in the outdoor industry. Like right now, it's like you look like fucking Payson McKelvin. Like that's just like how it, it's it's yeah. hilarious. But good on you. I, I'm a big fan of the mustache game. Uh, thank you. Um, where can people find you online? Where can people find you anywhere on the internet? I guess Instagram tiktok if you have it youtube all this kind of thing where can people get everything yeah. they want to know um so i'm most active on instagram at teton brown um i've got a tiktok too same most of my handles are just at teton brown um i'm not as active on tiktok but i may try to do that more um follow my youtube channel that's where my um the web series will be posted and then i'll be making like shorter um, less produced videos up there throughout the winter. And that's just at Teton Brown as well. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I'll, I'll probably be putting stuff out on threads and stuff like that. So cool. If you want to follow that as well. Teton Brown. Awesome. Thanks, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Good talking to you.